Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Disclaimer. Please do not email us about the historical inaccuracies we are sure to make. We are not historians. We are idiots. Welcome to Anachronismo. We're a historical comedy podcast that looks at weird and interesting stories from history and makes jokes about them. Uh, I'm Max. I'm Jackie. I'm Noel. And uh, what are we doing this week? Ooh, today I'm going to be telling you about Florence Nightingale, the founder of modern nursing. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Single tagline. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was gonna. I was trying to think of maybe some sort of joke about nightingales as birds being able to be nurses and that sort of a thing, but it's been done to death. It's pretty cute. It's very cute. It's a very cute idea, but I feel like uh, Gary Larson beat me by several decades. I mean, he was alive before you were alive, so he had a head start. That's true. That's true. Unfair advantage. Yeah. Can't compare yourself to people in the past. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. I do all the time. Yeah, but I mean, like, don't feel bad about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see, I see. You know, I'm telling you how to feel. <laughs> yeah, Always well, helpful. Yeah, very helpful. Yeah, <laughs> great to be told how to feel. Uh, love that. Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, Noel, what are you doing? I'm going to be talking about the Great Limburg Cheese War of 1935. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yes, it was the war no one's ever heard of, slotted between World War One and World War Two. Was it, was so it is this like a real war or like a, a war no, no. about... No, it, it was a, there is nothing going on during the Great Depression, so let's uh, let's find the news where we can. Oh, okay. Hmm. So instead of using a mustard gas, piece. they used mustard. No. Oh. There were gas masks, though. Ooh, because of <gasps> all the stinky cheese? Maybe. Ooh. Well, I'm excited to hear about it. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, and finally, I'm turning 30 this week, which I'm excited about. That's uh, not... History, and it's not really part of our podcast, uh, but I wanted to say that I'm excited to turn 30, and also I feel weird about turning 30. Yeah. Hmm. And I'm going to be going out to Montreal this weekend. So, hooray! Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you can find some history there. Yeah. Oh, one, one, can, one can dream. Or make some history. Hey, oh, I will be robbing a bank. Not, no. No? Not. Okay. Starting a revolution. Better. Doing my best the to revo- speak French. <laughs> the revolution's main goal, rob as many banks as possible. <laughs> and I will be their leader. So, Jackie, tell us about Florence Nightingale. She's pretty cool. How cool is she? Pretty cool. <laughs> so she was the uh, founder of Modern Nursing, and she was born in Florence, Italy. Her parents named her after the city of her birth, mm-hmm. while her parents were on an extended honeymoon trip mm-hmm. in Florence. You would definitely, if if all our, our parents had done the same thing, I think you would probably be the worst off of us. I would be, I would be Wallingford. That's, uh, That's fancy. That, that sounds pretty waspy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Connecticut. What, what about you, Jackie? What would you be? Oh, Bronxville. Bronxville. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Yonkers. That's a great fucking name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, then I would be 
middle field. Oh, I thought we were talking about where our parents went on a honeymoon. Oh, well, she was born while they were on the honeymoon. Yes, I mean, if you were named after where your parents were on oh. honeymooning. Yeah. Oh, uh, St. Thomas? And I was, That's a normal... I was very impressed that you knew where your parents honeymooned. I had this strange, dumb intelligence blackout where i was like oh they came back from their honeymoon and a baby was there (laughs) (laughs) a stork brought Uh, a stork brought it and left it on the on the doorstep and the neighbors kept it fed while they were away yep Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) but your parents went on their honeymoon in coastal california right uh that's a good question i don't know actually Mm -hmm. i don't know why i think i know that for certain (laughs) Anyway, her sister, her older sister, is also named after the town that she was born in, also on their extended honeymoon. So how long was their honeymoon? Damn, that's a long honeymoon. They had two kids on their fucking honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, but what if it was twins? Were they twins? No. Was she, older sister. Was she pregnant when they were married and left on their honeymoon? That's um, important. I don't know. It could be. If they, got, if they got pregnant on the honeymoon, gave birth... Got pregnant again, gave birth again. That's at least two. That's a, that's, that's a, almost two years. Like, yeah. yeah. If she like, if her mom had gone into labor, yeah, like the next day after the wedding, it would still have to be a nine month, yeah, uh, honeymoon. No, even longer because you can't just get, <laughs> you can't just go at like the drop of a hat. No, like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That'd be such a long honeymoon. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. They really knew how to honeymoon back then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That sounds yeah. great. That sounds really good. Well, they were, um, as you can probably imagine, they were very wealthy. Rich. Hmm. Yes, and their family name is Nightingale because they her had dad... invented nightingales. <laughs> no, her dad inherited an estate from like an aunt's husband or something like really weird, and then he changed his name to Nightingale when he got the estate. But by all accounts, um, Florence was very bright, very smart. Her father took a particular interest in her education, and he personally taught her a lot of things. Um, She knew five languages, had an interest in history and philosophy, Mm -hmm. and was just all around like a very inquisitive person. She was very faithful and spiritual, so Mm -hmm. she felt called by God to do a lot of things, most notably to serve others. Um, So that's why she wanted to become a nurse. Um, And at the time, nurses did not have a great reputation. No respectable lady would become a nurse. Yeah, all nurses Uh, carried switchblades. Probably. Not for self-defense, for (laughs) self-offense. Make sure they got paid. Oh, I see, I see. Uh, But they were generally, like, not looked upon well. And for a woman of her station to become a nurse would have been a bit scandalous. Mm -hmm. So she eventually convinces her family to, like, very strong protests from her mother and sister. Gets our outer pocket knife. <laughs> All right, listen, this is the way it's going to be. Me, Florence, and you, sister, uh, raging dumpster fire, because that's the city name that you were born. Now, who's got some bandages for me to use? I got to practice. But first, I got to make some injuries to treat. Ha! <laughs> that's how you learn. <laughs> well, in 1850, um, she goes on to train to be a nurse. And then she used her family's social connections to become the superintendent of, and this is the greatest name of any hospital I have ever heard. Superman Hospital. (laughs) No, unfortunately. It is the Institution for Sick Gentlewomen in Distressed Circumstances. It's so specific. The Euphemism Hospital. (laughs) Yeah. And while she was there, she improved its efficiency, she improved the care and the work conditions, and she just really was very good at her job. And she became more and more interested in training nurses. Teaching them the newest switchblade kata. 
how to do sick moves with their butterfly knives. And then butterfly stitches after that. <laughs> <laughs> what is he gonna break eggs to make an omelet? So you gotta stab, stab people, people to learn to, to be a nurse. An omelet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta make sure they're good and hungry with all that blood they lost. <laughs> They won't even know they're eating their own fluids when we make it into an omelet for them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh Why do people look down on our profession? <laughs> Human omelet makers, also called nurses. <laughs> so, in October of 1853, so the Ottoman Empire declared war on Russia about disputes about holy sites in Jerusalem. And in the meantime, Russia was also trying to extend its protection over um, Orthodox people living in the Ottoman Empire. So Britain and France, who were allies of Turkey, they really wanted to limit Russian influence. Anyway, it's the Crimean War. The Crimean War. Crimean War. Mm. Russia, France, Britain, Turkey. That's All the the Crimea. All scrapping and rooting and hollering. Mm Mm-hmm. The war's breaking out. Keep in mind, it is 1853. Uh, sanitation is not the biggest concern of people, and this is also a war zone. So you can imagine what the 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 field hospitals are like. Disgusting. I'm picturing ditches covered in uh, maybe just little uh, little uh, little mistings of uh, little alcoholic hazes, maybe some bandages over them, a lot of gangrene. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, now just imagine a lot more poop on the floor than you were met than you were previously thinking. I was, I was already. I was picturing a lot of poop on the floor. I double it. Wow. Triple it. Whoa. <laughs> Where was there room for patients? There wasn't. <laughs> it was overcrowded, under resourced, and had a horrible mortality rate. I think before. Uh, spoiler alert: Florence goes down to the Crimean. Whoa, I wasn't there yet. It's like, glad it's not my problem. (laughs) I'm going to keep improving things in this part of the world. For the gentle women in distressed circumstances. (laughs) We have our own ward for the poop. Mm -hmm. Now let's get back to these gentle ladies having laudanum fits. (laughs) But the mortality rate was as high as 42% in this field hospital, which is so high. Almost better not going to the hospital. Probably. Mm. Were the, uh, this is more of just thinking out loud. I don't know if this would come up in the scope of the story. Were the field hospitals like sort of, uh, were they a neutral ground for all wounded soldiers or would they, would those field hospitals have been like separately managed by both sides of the war? I believe they were separately managed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were both awful. Yeah. I think there was just, there were still off limits to attack, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't attack someone else in the other side's like field hospital. Like, yeah. That's that's a war crime, pretty sure. Not in 1853. I mean, but there were still some, like, rules of conduct, yeah. even mm-hmm. if they weren't codified in, like, a signed agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or probably, like, a proto-agreement mm-hmm. to the one that we're thinking of that I cannot... Geneva Convention. Geneva Convention. The Geneva Convention. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of cosplayers at the Geneva Convention dressed up as Florence Nightingale. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, none of this makes sense, but I don't know anymore. History is weird. People like wearing fancy dress. Mm. You never know. Mm. No. You never know. (laughs) Some like fancy courtiers might have been around being like, I'm going to dress as Florence Nightingale. What a jape. What a jape if I signed this treaty in a nurse's outfit. (laughs) So the Crimean War had one of the first 
really what would we, we would consider a modern war correspondent. Um, and his name was William Howard Russell. And he was writing in the London Times, like really scathing and disgusting descriptions of what he saw at the hospitals. And that caused a lot of public outcry of people just being so upset about how the wounded were being treated at that war that the um, the Secretary of State of War actually wrote a letter to Florence asking her to go down there and try and straighten it out. But at the same time, Florence had read this description in the paper and wrote a letter to the Secretary of State of War asking to go. They opened each other's letters and they were like, whoa! (laughs) At the same time. I guess they didn't read my letter. He opens his letter. It's like, what? Is this a joke? Is this some some kind of mind game? (laughs) Um, And the two were connected socially, so it wasn't like so weird that they would have each other in mind for Mm -hmm. this sort of job. Mm -hmm. Um, She was good friends with both him and his um, wife. Living in apartments across the hall, having adventure like friends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. String can telephones Mm -hmm. all the way across, whispering secrets at night. Shining flashlights at the windows. You'll never guess who had a lot of them fit today. (laughs) (laughs) I, I guess just... you could say that our hospital is the Lottoman Empire. <laughs> oh, those brave people down there. I'm going. So in 1853, Florence leads a group of 38 women, including a bunch of nuns and her own aunt, which is pretty cool for her family to be like, nursing isn't for ladies like us. And then her own aunt comes. I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Um, so they... Unless she was there just to chastise her for making bad life choices. <laughs> You know, if you if you hadn't done this and gone into being a nurse, we could be safe at home with a bottle of sherry and a nice novel. Your sister, Raging Dumpster Fire, is making quite a reputation for herself. Oh, you think her parents went to Raging Dumpster Fire on their honeymoon? Why not? Well, it's I a mean, beautiful they city. Passing through, <laughs> they were just passing through, and you know, it just happened to be. <laughs> because I, the the my first thought was like reading like when you were talking about Florence's childhood, it was like the father took a particular interest in like Florence and like the the other sisters like just totally ignored. <laughs> there was very little information about the other sisters. Yeah, probably because she was the unfavorite. Yeah, yeah. Raging Dumpster Fire. Yeah, it's all there in the name. <laughs> she has a normal city name. <laughs> sure she does. I'm going to find it. I okay. Florence's older sister's name was... Francis Parthenope. Can you take that again? There was a little bit of Noel's song in that. I'm not going to be able to cut out a song. <laughs> okay. Florence's older sister's name was Francis Parthenope. Parthenope, a Greek settlement now part of the city of Naples. Not that your song wasn't good, Noel. I yeah, and, and not that any of us know if Parthenope doesn't uh, translate as dumpster fire. You know, it mm. probably does. <laughs> it probably does. I'm going to tell both the Greeks and the people of the city of Naples that you think their town is a dumpster fire. Okay. You tell them. They don't have internet. Their government collapsed a while ago. I didn't say it was now. I was saying it was back then. I'm going to write an email to the city of Naples. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Local government. You tell them. And tell them that. You're going to get banned. You're never going to be able to go. Say goodbye, Neapolitan pizza. What about about Neapolitan ice cream? Can can you still have that? No. (gasps) What? 
Um, what what else do they got there? They have uh, well. Uh, what else am I being going to uh, be banned from? Beaches. Beaches. Okay. Yeah, because uh, and uh, you, yeah, you can't. You have to. You have to wear two piece swimsuits because they they won't let you show your naples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. <laughs> it was almost as good as the internet song. Oh boy! <laughs> How fast can I download this picture of Max's Naples and a Sounds kind of like a donkey. Donkey, donkey. Oh, yep. Those are my Naples. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> they look like pepperonis. <laughs> Little pepperonis. And I say, yeah, they're Italian. Naples is in Italy. <laughs> mm. Oh, boy. Great. Great, great, great. <laughs> silly, silly. <laughs> so Florence and these 38 women arrive at Barrack Hospital. And the medical officers are not pleased. So Florence is kind of... Lying a little bit low. She's not allowed on the, um, I believe it was the, the cholera ward. Just imagining like nurses holding her back. She's got her knife in her hand. <laughs> I swear to God, if you don't let me go right now, I'm going to show you why they call me Florence Nightingale Switchblade Killer. <laughs> I'm going to make sure his mortality rate is 100%. <laughs> let me at him. I'll cut every one of them open. I was right. I remembered, but then I didn't think I remembered. So Florence is hanging back. She doesn't want to you know, piss them off too much by going in blades blazing. So she's not allowed in the color awards and she's just waiting for the military to officially order her to go in and, um, you know, bring it up to ship shape. Um, but within five days of her arrival, the battle of Balaclava and the battle of Inkerman begin and the facility is just overwhelmed. And, uh, she described it as a hellscape. So yeah, imagine all that poop plus freshly wounded people. So in that chaos, Florence recruits the wives of soldiers to help do laundry, and she uses some special funds to buy additional supplies and equipment. And basically, she and her fleet of nurses just clean and give basic care to the people who are in this hospital. They establish standards of care around bathing, wearing clean clothes, and actually, you know, surprise, surprise, when you feed the people who are ill, they start to feel better. This facility before had no kitchen. So they just were hungry, hungry, wounded soldiers. Yeah. They yeah. just didn't get to eat while they were sick. I, I think they ate or, a little bit, but like they had no facilities yeah. to like make sure that people were eating. They didn't have laundry facilities. Like they were just. This is just like a hole in the ground that they threw yeah. people basically, to die. Basically, it was just like truly terrible with sanitation. Oh. And she also encouraged um, psychological care of mm-hmm. these patients. She would help write. She and her nurses would help write letters on their behalf mm-hmm. and like communicate with their family for them. Um, and she also set up um, educational and recreational activities for the people who were in the hospital to take part in. Like what? I don't know. Well, let's let's speculate. <laughs> Disease bingo. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, uh, connect the oozing sores. <laughs> oh. I was going to say she probably gave lectures about the languages she's learned. Mm. But I don't know. The philosophers she uh, admired. Uh, uh, operation, but because they don't, at this time, germ theory isn't really, has a strong establishment. It's about taking little pieces out of the air around the person. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> competitive five-finger fillet. And if you get hurt, you're already in a hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh! You could do uh, like what, what, uh, what shape are my blood-stained bandages? Like, mm-hmm. what shape do they mm-hmm. make? 
poops and ladders. <laughs> the ladders help you get away from the poop. So is this recreation or educational? Both. Yeah. Like our show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, people learn a lot. It was the anachronismo of the Crimean War. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and we're the poop. We're the, we're the poops and ladders of history podcasting. <laughs> oh, that's, that's going on our website. That's great. Yes, <laughs> yes. So she frequently, she basically overworked herself and was taking care of people constantly. So she frequently would check on people in the night if she hadn't get to them during the day. And that's how she came to get her nickname, the lady with the lamp. That's what she was known as because she would go bed to bed with her little lamp talking to the talking to the soldiers. Oh. Yeah. Not the sneak with the switchblade? No. no. She left that reputation behind. That's true. She changed nursing for the better. Yeah. <laughs> Debatably. So one source that I read said that it changed the mortality. She Her efforts changed the mortality rate of the hospital from 42% to 2%. Currently, that's thought to be a little in high. Uh, exaggerated to bring it down to 2%. Okay. 42 is thought to have been correct. Okay. But bringing it to 2%. Probably, probably it all can't be attributed to her, mm-hmm. or the number is not quite right. Or like it's like maybe two percent for like preventable, like because obviously some people. Oh yeah, yeah. There. Sorry, this is for a preventable. Oh, the mature, m- mortality rate was forty-two percent for a preventable. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not as like, oh, this guy got dragged in here. All his guts got blasted out, but nope. Oh, Florence is here. Save him. <laughs> He's fine. She's, she's she's shrinking herself down. Oh, she's going inside. <laughs> she's reconnecting all his guts. <laughs> Quickly, Florence Nightingale, help, help. Oh, what's wrong with you? It's not me. It's, it's, it's this. The, it's this doesn't body head. He's in a bucket. He's <laughs> all in a bucket. You got to fix him. You just leave it to Nightingale. I'll put him in my lamp. <laughs> it's um, really dark. <laughs> yeah. In the course of her managing this hospital, in 1855, she actually contra- contracted Crimean fever, Crimean fever, um, which today is known as brucellosis, which I still didn't know it by that name. But it, actually, it was kind of a, a chronic illness with lingering effects that would give her chronic pain for the next 25 years. Oh. So that's not great. No. But in March 1856, the Crimean War ends, and she ended up staying um, in the area until the hospital closed in August of 1856. So her achievements in the Crimean War are her most well-known accomplishments, but her greatest achievements were um, social reform in healthcare and to the profession of nursing. In um, September 1856, she met Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, and she was charged with reforming the British military establishment. The, the hospital part, oh. not the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They didn't just say, oh, look what she did. So good at hospitals. Maybe she should become commander. Mm. Maybe she should become queen. So one of the notable things that she did was that she actually kept records of the causes of illnesses, what caused Max to fart, the causes of no. death. <laughs> no, I thought I got away with it. No. Rumbly, bumbly, tumbly. I was going to edit that out. No. <laughs> no, and now I'm on blast. No. This is my nightmare. Wait, but what do you think the cause was? I can put it in a pie chart. Of my fart? Yeah. Yeah, what caused this one? I mean, it will be a weird pie chart because there will only be one reason, so it'll just be a colored circle. I... <laughs> but. Well, it's um, actually a coxcomb. It's like a type of pie chart. It, oh, okay. it's, it's, it shows more information. We can track it over time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, we should was probably put quality as well because you can track a lot of things. I can't. I mean, I. Can't what caused my fart? Yeah. A rumbly in my tumbly. Okay. Okay, but that's that's, that's a no, that's like how a would you describe the fart for it? Uh, horn like, bellows. Um, I, squeaker. <laughs> shake, rattle, and roll. I I would call it normal. Normal. Mm. Okay. I, See, this is a problem with I, surveys. I, I, yeah. People don't like to respond. Yeah. Correctly. Yeah. Pretty bad. <laughs> I'm normal Just like everyone else Everybody toots I've never farted I don't believe that for a second <laughs> Look at you I mean, You got the demeanor of a born farter I mean, alright, well, hold on a second Quick off <laughs> I... no, All of this is getting edited out The second, yeah, the second You're gonna have to say all that again Because no, even if we lose info We are not keeping this Ooh. info about my toots in here <laughs> Rumbly, bumbly, tumbly. Yeah. But we went kayaking. Yeah, I was gonna mention <laughs> that. Oh, sure, your kayaking gets to be off the air, but my farts I mean, have to be seen by the world. No, but I, uh, I farted in the kayak, and like the whole thing reverberated. It was very cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I'm keeping it in again. No. <laughs> oh, god damn. My brother got like foldable kayaks, and I, f- oh, I feel cool. like if you unleashed a, a fart in one of those, you just it Punch would just a hole. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then so it's all all fair and square. And then later that day, I farted for so long, it like you just. Time. I think that might have been the longest fart of my life. That was like, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to sound like, but it had to be uh, probably about like seven or eight seconds. Like that like, doesn't sound like a lot, but that like you try it sometime. Yeah, yeah. it. Most farts are like a fraction of a second. Yeah, it was. I would peg this one at about seven or eight. Damn. Yeah. Damn. That's it's a hell of a toot. I mean, I think it was probably just because I think that was after we went kayaking, and I think it was probably just like you're kind of like sitting down. Yeah. And you're kind of in, mm-hmm. and then we got greasy diner food after. Oh was, yeah. yeah. And Perfect fart Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It was. Uh, oh, absolutely. Anyway. Uh, so Florence kept really good records about the causes of illness and death. And she also kept records around team efficiency and the purveyance. So that's like how you get supplies and things like that. So she just kept track of things that people had been either sloppy about tracking or hadn't bothered to track before. <laughs> and she was also very influential for her reliance on statistical data and analysis in making decisions and keeping track of trends and things like that. Oh, cool. Um, so I I don't know if you all have taken like I have biostats or epidemiology classes. Uh, but... I've taken statistics classes, and my statistics teacher had a lot of fun stories actually, including one about how he said, you know, when they were starting doing statistical analysis in like World War One and World War Two, around the time like when air combat started to be a thing, they took the average of all of like the pilots and they built a um. Oh, they built, I've heard this. They built a cockpit based on the average pilot, and not a single pilot could fit in that cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes got to make it adjustable. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I love that. I love that story so much. It's really good. But Florence Nightingale's charts in, I think I've taken probably two epidemiology or like biostats classes, mm-hmm. and they're used as example charts and both of them so oh, cool it's really cool if you see the chart you'll recognize it it's mm-hmm. like um it looks like a pie chart but each slice of the pie has different colors in it so each slice of the pie is a year and then the colors represent cause of death and then the uh, slices of pie are different 
have different radiuses mm. and that's like the volume of people who died the number of people so it, it's a really cool chart that like holds a lot of information in it and by hand too yeah yeah mm-hmm. by hand really and by cool. brain i suck at charts and i suck at draftsmanship so yeah because you have to keep all the proportions impressive. in mind mm-hmm. like it takes a lot yeah it takes a lot to drug a chart especially if it's a pie chart cause mm-hmm. now you've got like a lot of circles mm-hmm. that's hard mm-hmm. and you can't draw a perfect circle mm-hmm. no human uh, can this is actually called a coxcomb a coxcomb, coxcomb chart. chart. Oh, bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. So in 1855, a fund was created and named after Florence, and it was put at her disposal to use as she saw fit. So she used it to create the Nightingale School of Nursing, which opened in 1860. It was one of the first like professional schools dedicated to training nurses. That was a lot more regimented and really professionalized it. The nursing training that she received in Germany was only like three months long. Yeah, and, and it mostly was... focused on switchblade technique. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it really transformed the profession into something respectable, mm. which is really cool. Her basic tenets of nursing, which was like, you know, keep things clean and treat the psychology of the patient as well, like treat them as a person who mm-hmm. wants to talk to people and things like that are still like basic tenets of nursing today. So she's really been very foundational. Yeah. To that area. That's very cool. Huh. And she wrote a book that has been in continuous print um, since it was published. And it's called Notes on Nursing. What it is and what it is not. Oh, that's a catchy title. Yeah. I want to know what she says is not nursing. <laughs> that's the, that's I, the really long section I of the really book. I really want to know. Yeah. See, knowing now the full history of Florence, I would have thought her book would have been like kind of like, uh, it looks almost like a thriller novel. It's like Florence Nightingale, like how to slash mortality rates and it just has like a, a like a switchblade knife kind of like cutting, mm, coming cutting through cutting, cutting like the dice. cover and it looks like it's kind of like falling off yeah and she's got yeah she's got her knife on her knife there. i imagine it's like super sassy because mm-hmm. she wasn't she wasn't a particularly nice person and she like had some good friends and enjoyed like philosophical discourse but was very much a uh if your life isn't like mine and you don't hold similar values like i want absolutely nothing to do with you oh, i see kind I of see. person yeah. So um, good of her to uh, still recognize the psychological needs of uh, treating patients, even though she kind of did not have that as her like personal, like social yeah. kind of uh, yeah. mindset. Yeah. What do you think was in the uh, "what it is not" section of the book? Oh, so sorry. What's the title again? It's nursing notes, uh, on, notes nursing. on nursing. Notes on nursing. What it is. What it is. And what it is not. What it is not. Oh. Yes. Nursing is not. A gondola ride through Venice. That's true. Nursing is not saying hello to a dog. Mm-hmm. Nursing is not shooting a man with a gun. <laughs> Nursing is not putting shoe boxes, smaller shoe boxes, and larger shoe boxes so that when you need a shoe box, you don't have to, you know, go through all, they don't take up a lot of space. Mm. You just have them all together. That is not nursing. Not nursing. That not is nursing. space management. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making chocolate eclairs. That is not that nursing. Is not, not nursing. nursing. Not nursing. No. Not nursing. Taking care of the sick. That is not nursing. Um, no. No. That, no that's, that's nursing. That's nursing. Oh, okay. That's nursing. Oh, so, did you skip uh, the first I, half of the book? I was reading the other part of the book. You skipped. Uh, the, there it you is. skipped there the it first is. part. That's the that's, most important part. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and she also used her fund to start a, a school for midwives, and then she also won the Order of Merit. She was the first woman woman to win that, 
um, and her title was Lady of Grace of the Order of St. John of Jerusalem. That was the second award that she she won, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty elaborate. Um, And then she died in 1910, and she was offered a public burial in Westminster Abbey, but she declined. After she was dead? From the dead. She came back to life, said, no, thank you, I have a family plot, and then she went right back. That is not nursing. That's not nursing. nursing. That is necromancy. That is... Resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. That is... Leaving dramatically. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, yeah, slam the door on your way out. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure she just told someone she wanted to be buried. I don't believe that. In the family. Yeah. That sounds convoluted. <laughs> <laughs> Too many what ifs in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. what if they'd forgotten? Come on. Yeah. To Occam's razor, reduce the number of entities. One <laughs> woman coming back from the dead. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, she was a really cool lady, did some great stuff, saved a lot of lives, revolutionized the field of nursing. Cool. And International Nurses Day is on her birthday. What's that? When when day is that? I believe it was May 12th. May 12th, International Nurses Day. That might have been wrong. Searching on the internet, searching on the internet, internet searching Magnet rumbly bumbly tumbly. Letting farts out all over the place. Letting them free like little doves. Brown doves. Brown doves in the hands of his butt cheeks that he's letting go into the heavens. May 12th. May May 12th. (laughs) So, Jackie, do you have a hypothetical for us? Okay. uh, I have one if you want to hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, you are Florence. You've just got into the the field hospital, uh, and the uh, military commander there is not doesn't want you there. So, how would you sneakily, surreptitiously start offering aid to people without the the military command like behind his back? My first thought was uncharitable, um, and it was to me. Stab, stab, stab. It was a little more subtle. Um, I would make a mud pie mm-hmm. from what I could find in the hospital, mm-hmm. feed it to the commander. Uh-huh. Now he's down, down for the count, mm-hmm. and that's when I sweep in and just do what I want, wow. and he's too just sick to object. Quick power, yeah. Yeah, and heal everyone but him. That's not true. I would heal him, too. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Now, you have to get his psychological profile. Why did you eat that mud, Commander? Are you a dirty little pig playing in the mud? Squeal for me, little pig. tickling his belly. Uh. Ooh. I'm not sure if you, Noel, are going for threatening or cutesy. Um, Max is definitely going for threatening. It's sort of like a menacing cute. Like, you have all the power now, and mm, so you, okay. can, you can kind of dehumanize him. A uh, real misery. Yeah. 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 Mm, okay. Mm. I would... Create an, uh, an identical hospital next to the original hospital. Uh, identical in, like in every inflatable. respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the yeah, inflatable like the tanks. Inflatable tanks. Yeah. yeah, identical in every respect, but with you know fake patients, fake nurses, fake all this sort of thing. And I would trick the commander into thinking that that's the real hospital, and just send him in there and be like, "Oh, this is all the same, just as I wanted." What's that menu you've got popping, Flo? <laughs> and while I sneak behind his back. And run the real hospital the way I see fit. It's a good plan. Then, I, then when he's inside the inflatable hospital, I puncture it, and it all deflates around him, <laughs> <laughs> just, just as he'd always dreamed and nightmared about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
It was his mistake to tell you what his nightmares were. Yeah. But, you know, he said, I figured, Nightingale, Nightmare, mm-hmm. I can tell her my deepest, darkest secrets. The fool. Yep. That, that was his last mistake. Never tell your deepest, darkest secrets, people. No. Don't do it. Keep them inside. Yeah. Keep them hidden. Yep. No, you look troubled. I, I've killed, like, five people. Keep Ooh. it inside. Uh-oh. Keep it inside. Keep it inside. <laughs> well, keep it inside. Yeah. Keep your secrets inside. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. All right. So here's my hypothetical, right? Okay. Yeah. I would get the commander to kind of like I, I would kind of you know kind of pull the strings on making kind of like a, a pool or a betting pool among like the the you know kind of active patrolling soldiers mm-hmm. that they gotta wear like you know really heavy packs and stuff and like see who's the toughest who can who can go through the, the you know that and I would have a another backpack made that looks like his that would have like me on the back of it and it would get switched out and he would just be walking down the halls and I'd just be like on his back administering like stuff supplies while he's like all right uh, men i'm gonna turn around now and throw them some supplies and they're like thank you he would spin around but there would be no one there because i'd be like on his back mm-hmm. that sounds like a good plan good yoda plan. you'd yoda good him yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 he's gonna make sure he's a tall man oh yeah yeah uh, or just an unobservant one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, it helps that's, when they're dumb. That is yeah. crucial. Yeah. Is really getting that unobservant military <laughs> commander. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's the that's the key. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Mine relied on that too, because yeah. after the first bite, he should know it's poop and mud. You know, I was gonna, uh, but he ate it all to be polite. <laughs> you know, my, my first thing. <laughs> My it's like, well, there is no food here anyway. So. Um, num, 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 I, I was thinking of like, uh, what, but you had mentioned cakes because my first thought was just baking medical supplies into cakes, like mm-hmm. almost like jail, like yeah, you know, they bake a just file into- send them a big cake full of syringes, yeah, <laughs> with like instructions on what to do, very well drawn instructions. Just like mm. one at one time, sterile bandages are now baked into an apple pie. Mm-hmm. Yep, a psychological evaluation is inside of a muffin. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, put your mark here if you want me to send a letter to your wife telling her that you've been gravely injured. But how do I get it out? I can't poop it out. All the poop stays here. <laughs> how do I How do I get this back? <laughs> I can't bake a muffin back. I don't have a kitchen. <laughs> That's the big hole. That's the big yeah. hole. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> the only flaw the in the The only plan. flaw. Man, there's always one, and it's always fatal. It's called the butthole. Anyway, we're going to go to break. Uh, hi. Nice to talk to you. Good to see you. I'm me. It's Max. Hey, what up? This is Noel and Jackie here, too. They're also in the break. Yeah, that, was, that butthole Hello. joke was in bad taste. We get it. We get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool, cool. You mean the one you already edited out? Oh, yeah. That's I the one. I get it. Okay. Get that fa- the, fa- the fatal hole. The fatal hole. Fatal butthole. Fatal butthole. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. I get it now. Now that it's been explained, mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, like, take this time to thank our listeners for listening to our show. Putting up with us. Putting up with us. I mean, I, I, I would assume they enjoy us for whatever reason <laughs> at this point. We, this is uh, this is our 48th numbered episode. What? I think it's, like, our 53rd in all episode. Uh, so, you know. Our number tracking is all over the place. All over the place. There's no episode 26. I know. Yeah, that I fucked up on that one pretty bad. <laughs> I was working through my list and I was like, "What? All right, I'm what gonna, did I miss?" I'm gonna yeah. leave this note. Then, episode sixty-two, we accidentally <laughs> just name it twenty-six. Twenty-six. There it is. Well, that's how we'll get it back. Everybody, keep your eyes open for episode sixty-two. Wink. 
26. <laughs> Wink. We'll also make the audio sound super bad for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy our particular brand of bullshit. Noel is just making a totally vacant face into the microphone. <laughs> yep. Just doesn't show up at all. Um, if you enjoy the show, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher, wherever you like to. Or you can tweet at us. You can find us on Facebook. We have an Anachronismo Facebook page or on the Make Fun Network uh, community page as well on Facebook. Um, we also have a Twitter, at uh, Anac Podcast. That's A-N-A-C Podcast. Or you can email us on it's anachronismo at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you for whatever reason. Um, we make this show because we'd love to, and we love to hear from people who enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, it makes our day every time. So, uh, you know, drop us a line. Uh, so I mentioned the Make Fun Network earlier. The Make Fun Network is us and two other shows. Although I hear the network runner Matt Bistany is looking for some new show pitches. So uh, you know, he's told me to pass that on to you guys in case we have any ideas for new shows. Frankly, uh, I don't think I have the time to make yeah. more shows. Yeah, but I don't think my schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wouldn't allow it. Cool. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Wait, are we passing this along to the uh, the fun butts as well? Yeah, the hey, fun butts. Shows? Yeah, sure. Like you have like a really good podcast idea. Why not uh, hit up Matt? Wait, is that what we've labeled our fan base? That's what Matt labeled the uh, Make Fun Networkers. Fun butts. Oh, oh okay. I believe we call fans of Anachronismo uh, plebs. I believe we established. Oof. Yeah, it's not great. Oof. Neither of these are great. Wait, should... what the? Uh, why actually, are we calling them plebs? I was a thing fun from like one so of our like first better. ten episodes. Well, that's fun buses for uh, make funners. I okay. mean, that's not for our show specifically. Uh, you know, what should we call our fans? Um, anachronisms. No. Um, no. Uh, anarchists. 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 Uh, uh, chronovores. History enthusiasts. Should we just ask <laughs> Alvaro what, what he wants to be called? Oliver? Alvaro. Alvaro? Oh, AJ? AJ, yes. Yeah, we should ask my friend AJ what he wants to be called. He'll <laughs> yeah. give us something gross. Like uh, gross little clown man. I don't know. To all our gross little clown, clown men, men and women out there. <laughs> <laughs> this goes out to all those clown men and women out there in mm. Radio Land. Mm-hmm, Keep mm-hmm. slapping those oversized shoes and tune to the music. Take a spritz of seltzer for me. <laughs> I, I, I think we should have some kind of portmanteau for it. Ride your mini bicycles in <laughs> Boston's already kind of congested traffic areas with a little tiny <laughs> bike <laughs> just <laughs> going <laughs> up <laughs> calm out. <laughs> Whoa! But for real, we should uh, we should think of a, a better name. Uh, maybe some kind of portmanteau Mento? between history and something. Yeah. Mm. 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 Yeah, we'll think about it. Uh, if you have an idea, why not uh, send in send it into us on Twitter? Yes, yeah, send it to us on Twitter. Uh, fuck it, uh, and we'd love to hear it at Anak Podcast. It's A N A C Podcast. Send your ideas for uh, what you would like our um, our fan names to be. Uh, yeah. What about Aeronauts? That's it's taken. It's taken. No, not Aeronauts. Like E R A. Like era, like historical era, unless that's all. Oh, aeronauts. Aeronauts. That's that's good. It's good. It's pretty good. We'll think about it. We'll think about it. Anyway, uh, we'll think about it. We want to hear about it. uh, And we're going to get back to the rest of the show. So, Noel, uh, you were going to tell us about the cheese war. Yes, the little known cheese war of 1935. So, uh, let not me... the well-known cheese war of 1936. Mm-hmm. No, no, not. We've that all one. heard of that. We've one. all heard of that. One. Every school child knows about the cheese war of 1936. 
So many fields yeah. filled with cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taken in the flower of their youth. Yeah. So, what's this little yes. known one? Um, so, a little bit of backstory on Limburg cheese. Uh, I had first heard of it through, like, Three Stooges shorts, because, like, that was kind of just a comedic staple, that there was this cheese that smelled so bad they would fall over. And, uh, you know, a lot of, like, vaudeville acts, like the Marx Brothers and stuff, and even, like, novelists uh, like Mark Twain and stuff, like... Would constantly, constantly falling over from cheese. They would make fun of Limburg cheese because it had such a bad smell to it. Not as bad as other cheese flavors, like the one that I... Love the name of this cheese. It is called Stinking Bishop. It <laughs> is it is named after a bad-tempered farmer uh, that had grown, I think, a, a fruit also called like Stinking Bishop pears that are used in in some in part of the process of making the cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, so that apparently is is an even worse smelling cheese. Wow! But Limburg is pretty bad. I gotta say, I love cheese names. I was I bought some cheese yesterday as a gift for somebody called Le Chev Noir, mm. the black cheese. Uh, it's, uh, it's goat milk cheese and like this black uh, wax wrapper. It's really good. Mm. Yeah, is but, the cheese itself black? No. Okay. I'm sure there is a black actually like you know, black cheese, but no. But the bishop cheese wasn't named after a bishop. No, no, no a just a, uh, I think his name was uh, Frederick Bishop, mm-hmm. uh, just a farmer. I-, I was hoping, too, to find some scathing. Scathing. Like a uh, critique, critique of the clergy. clergy. Yeah, yeah. Like something that got someone excommunicated yeah. or something. Like, I, But oh, it was the, just a... Um, is it Portuguese or Brazil? No, there's... um. There's a country where a bunch of Spanish anarchists were exiled to, and a lot of them opened bakeries, and so a lot of the bakeries all the all the baked goods in that country are named after are, are just blasphemous mm-hmm. like there's a like a there's like a really delicious like uh almond pastry with like a peach filling that's called uh christ's asshole <laughs> stuff like that yeah that's yeah. fantastic or uh, i think there's like something like a fuck the pope roll wow yeah <laughs> like just these pulling no punches yeah god I, I gotta look that up that's yeah so good yeah but yeah, so I I found out that uh quite a little bit about cheese that it has just been in production. Earliest kind of like proof of it is something like four thousand years, like just all these like ancient Greeks, Sumerians, like like it was just a super popular thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really was in the Middle Ages that it started to get more documented, and uh, countries kind of uh, as countries were starting to form sort of their identities. You know, they would make these different types of cheeses and kind of have like pride behind them. And, you know, so enter into the stage Limburg cheese. Uh, it was made by a group of monks in a uh, monastery in a region uh, that I think now is sort of divided between Belgium and, and Germany. But in the late 19th century, a lot of uh, German immigrants who were coming into uh, to the United States would really like this cheese and they would bring it in and they said that it went really good with beer but other non-germanic uh immigrants and you know people who just had never been exposed to this thought that this cheese just was awful um there was one anecdote uh apparently that uh that one uh woman had tried to commit suicide because she was married to this german uh immigrant who just would eat it all the time and would like try to kiss her and she just was like he was like the smelly smelly heathen 
But yeah, so it, it uh, people didn't Divis- like it. Divisive, yeah. yeah. But it actually particularly uh, took hold in the United States cheese capital, Wisconsin, um, because there were a lot of uh, uh, German immigrants to that region as well. And so, you know, Wisconsin very quickly started to become one of the, you know, kind of just the the cheese capital of not just the United States, but really the world. Even though you, like, can't get Limburg cheese, I think there's only uh, one factory or one town that still produces it in the United yeah, States. because too many people were driven mad by it. <laughs> Limburg madness, where the Great War, cheese war, that is, of 1935 began, uh, was when a doctor in Hungary, because he was so hungry <laughs> for oh, cheese. Come on. Madison. Because he was so mad at his son who ate all the cheese. Okay, so in Iowa, this doctor... uh, That's not a fun pun at all. So 1935, a doctor in Iowa has a patient come in who has a very bad blocked sinuses. Mm -hmm. And so playing it pretty fast and loose as doctors had more latitude in these days. (laughs) Shove cheese right up his nose. His prescription for her was Limburg cheese. That it was. Uh, I I don't know exactly why he thought that this would cure her uh, sinus ailments, but he thought that the 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 smell of it would open up her sinus passages. Mm-hmm. Maybe like when you eat horseradish to help clear your passages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now the war is about to begin. Now this war is about to start. Who wait, do you think? Wait, wait, wait. What is the kickback steam? Oh gosh. The kickback scheme. Yeah. Does his family own the last cheese factory in no. Wisconsin? Was this man's name Charles Lindbergh? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't a name. Did his child go missing? Yes. Be- into a cheese factory? Yes. And come out as a block of that stinky, smelly cheese? That doesn't mean anything about why he would be While he was flying towards- across the Atlantic in an airplane made of cheese? Do you think it would float? Does cheese float? Yeah, it depends on the cheese. Hmm. Quick, not look up the density did, no, of it fall Lindbergh into the cheese. Uh, additional research question. <sighs> Fine, looking it up um, on the internet. All right, so I don't see why it wouldn't. It's mostly fat. So this war is about to get kicked off. Yeah. So, who do you think are the two uh, the the two leaders on both sides of this war? So this doctor, doctor in Iowa prescribes this medicine uh, to this sick woman. Yeah. And who do you think would become the two leaders of, of the this, war? Of this war. Oh, definitely a cow is one of them. Uh-huh. Wait, d- sorry. Does the conflict stem from this prescription? Uh-huh. I would say, well, I mean, the easiest thing to say here is the woman and the doctor. Yeah. Nope. Okay. I think it's going to be the woman's family because they have to smell this cheese shoved up her nose. Mm-hmm. And um, the cow's. Yeah. Wow. Winston Churchill uh-huh. and Adolf Hitler. <laughs> you know what? You are closest. <laughs> what? Without going over. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Winston Churchill and Adolf and Hitler, Hitler were not going over. Without going over. <laughs> yeah. What? How is a cow how are we higher go- which than one's Adolf going over Hitler? in this? <laughs> it's just something they say on the Price Is Right. How is it relevant? No, I wanted to be Bob Barker. For what once. is the scale? It's the scale. Well, that, save being Bob Barker for your Halloween the, costume, the, the, Noel. The scale was that they were both uh, relatively closest in occupation, as opposed to a cow and uh, a family yeah. and uh, whatever dumb guess. 
Well, I forget what it was. The doctor and the patient. The doctor and the patient That's or the, the patient's most grounded family guess. and the cow. <laughs> it was a fight between the cow. Madison, Wisconsin postmaster <laughs> and the Independence, Iowa postmaster. Post v. Post. And their two names were John Burkhard <laughs> from Wisconsin. Yeah. And Cow McMoo. Charles Lindbergh and uh, Warren Miller from Iowa. Mm. So what happened is uh, the prescription order came into a cheese factory. Oh no! Oh, I, I, no. I don't know. Oh, this why. is about mail and stinky cheese. They yeah, they no. wrapped up this cheese. So Burkhard mm. uh, somehow gets the prescription. I don't know if the woman just mailed in an order or if the doctor's office sent it in i have no idea like what this cheese factory just gets us like this woman needs this <laughs> stat um but they we've trained our whole lives for this three months supply send it out <laughs> it's so, cheaper if you buy it in bulk by mail you're buying health so burkhart sends out the package and uh, it wasn't miller but one of the people who worked for him uh gets it and was supposed to take it out to deliver it and it was so vile that he just said that uh, he killed himself. He, he, killed he drove himself. his mail truck right off a cliff into a big old patch of cows to punish him for making this stank uh, ass cheese. Yep. Well, there was so there was precedent for uh, postal <laughs> workers to not mail like anything that was offensively like odorous. Yeah, like. They, they, it was just kind of they had that sort of uh, freedom latitude, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so you know he runs it by his his manager, the postmaster uh, Miller, who says, "Okay, yeah, sure, this sounds fine." So they send it back to Burkhart. Burkhart gets insulted that his cheese was not accepted, so he mails it back, and then they mail it back again. So they start mailing these things back and forth like in a battle of chicken over who's going to finally hold on to this cheese. So much that they got the Postmaster General of the United States involved, James Farley, and they sent him some of the cheese so he could see what the big deal was. And while he agreed that it was very smelly, he also said you can't not mail cheese. So this was the first battle of the Great Cheese War. Wisconsinites won in this round their ability to uh, mail all the cheese they want. Yeah, mail all the cheese without actually like effectively any ban being able to be put on anything that they were mm, yeah. mailing. So that's round one. Round two begins shortly thereafter, where mostly a board press uh, picks up on this story, and a challenge is issued by Burkhart to Miller to see. Just how stinky Limburg cheese is. Can Miller actually stand up to smelling the cheese himself? Mm-hmm. Because all he was doing was sending it back and forth. So they meet up one fateful day, and Burkhart brings with him this box of Limburg cheese. And he even offers Miller if he would want a clothespin or a gas mask for him to be able to stand up to it. And Miller declines. But Cheese gets unwrapped. Miller's got no reaction because Miller couldn't smell. 
He had anosmia? He, yeah. He had lost his, scent years, his sense of smell years before, so he could not smell the cheese. So in defaulting, Wisconsin wins their second victory of the Great Cheese War. In that, yeah. Yeah. It was... Uh, he po- forgot to bring his nose to a nose fight. I, I, I don't know why he, he accepted that. Like, why he accepted that, that challenge? Like, I, he probably thought it would make him win instead of be disqualified. It sounds like he did win. Okay, so not a stinky sorry. So the the stipulation of the rules is yeah that if Miller smelled this Lindbergh cheese and he didn't retch, he couldn't complain about Wisconsin mailing cheese. And Miller did not retch because he could not smell, and so he lost. <laughs> and he threw, took all of his fellow Iowans along with him for agreeing <laughs> that it was like, hey, you know this cheese I can't smell if. He could have. He could have <laughs> pretended to retch. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was a, I guess he was a man of his word. Yeah, I yeah. guess it was just a very uh, a dual scene. There was one uh, characterization of this as a duel to the breath. Mm. <laughs> That's some good wordplay. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were Great Depression. A lot of bored journalists. Yeah, they... had to do something. I couldn't just keep reporting on the Dust Bowl over and over. Fifteen cheeses you'd rather smell than the Dust Bowl. <laughs> So now we get to the third battle of the Great Cheese War. Because Iowans, having been soundly thumped in the previous battle, Iowans take offense because uh, of a little thing that had been mentioned before with the Lindbergh cheese that uh, Lindbergh cheese was supposedly the best thing that you could couple with uh, beer. Mm. Um, So, uh, you know, that's why it was so... uh, Happened to be so popular back in Germany because these monks would brew beer. They would make the cheese. Oh, just the People... monks are so drunk they don't taste the cheese. Well, all right. So that's the thing. Uh, Wisconsinites are like, all right, beer, Lindbergh cheese is the best. Iowans say beer and cooked uh, whitefish is the best, uh, best coupling. So they have the last battle is what tastes best together. Beer and uh, cooked whitefish or beer and Lindbergh cheese. Now, the two postmasters, Burkhardt and Miller, are not the judges for this. They they solicited various judges from within their states yeah. to oversee this competition. They met at a, a neutral place like on the Iowan border, yeah. you know, just a neutral site. Left their guns outside. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The competition begins, and it's just round for round. The judges drinking beer, eating cheese, then drinking beer and eating fish, and they do this. Can you start with the fish because it's probably much more mild than the cheese. Well, you know what? They declared that first round a tie, and then they went on to a second round, and then another <laughs> round, and then another round. This was just a party. This was a party because you know what <laughs> happened at the end of it. The only judge who the this ju- judge most sober but not that sober got up and declared that there was no winner. That beer, beer is and, the winner. Beer and Limburg and Whitefish is the best. It's a tie. So yeah, it was just a bunch of uh, people that just got super drunk and ate a lot of food and then just said, "I love it all." So. <laughs> War ended in a tie. Aw. That's pretty nice. Yeah. But uh, Wisconsin I still celebrated it as a victory. And uh, they had uh, their annual cheese festival that came around that year. 50,000 people in attendance. Uh, and I believe I read it in, also included the woman who had been prescribed 
The Limburg cheese. Did she ever get her cheese? I think so. I, I mean, maybe they gave her a new one because... Like, that was some old stanky cheese. <laughs> That's some moldy um, cheese by then. But there are uh, two little little things I have to add to this. One, which I, I picked this story because tomorrow is natu- National Cheese Day. Ooh. June 4th. June 4th. Kind of pulling back the curtain on when we recorded this episode, but... Yeah, this is going to come out. So so for you listeners, this will be in the past. Yeah. Quite a lot. How do you like that, little clown men and women? (laughs) (laughs) Hope you celebrated with some cheese. Yeah, hope you're, honk, honk, I love cheese. And you juggle it around, like, in you know, just wedges of cheese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Blow up a a giant, like, uh, a cheese knife out of a balloon, and Mm -hmm. you just kind of... You know, you kind of comically try to saw a thing of cheese with it, and you can't. And yeah. everyone's like, ha, 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 all the clown. All the traditional activities, yeah. 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 Um, and then the last disgusting fact about this is that apparently Limburg cheese is not just enjoyed by humans. It is enjoyed by mosquitoes. More so than humans. Because although there is no blood in Limburg cheese, as far as we know... It is, it does have the same uh, fungus that is found on uh, human feet. It's called a, uh, what's it called, a slime rind or something? It's it's uh, a special rind for, that they use for the smelliest of cheeses, like this culture that's put on the, the outside. Oh, that's and disgusting. Apparently a slime it's, rind? I don't think it's called a slime rind. It's something like that. I got to look this up because <laughs> this is... Uh, this is this is slanderous. Slime slimderous. Slanderous. Oh, 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 you know what? No, it's a it's a smear rind. That's uh, what it is. Smear rind. Which, also, gross. also, yeah, yeah. It's so smear bacteria. So you got the, the same one in Limburg cheese that makes it so smelly. Same one that uh makes uh feet stinky too. <laughs> and mosquitoes love it. I'm just picturing like uh cheese with like cause the mosquitoes get stuck let's be honest here so it's just got mosquito bodies all like poking out of it Ugh. while they're like wings just flapping like really fast but uselessly all <laughs> like this buried nose deep Ugh. i was imagining a uh kind of like a, a cheese alchemist called the cheese whiz it was like well i can make cheese out of spreading this diseased mold over cow's milk oh praise be the cheese whiz but that's just where my mind i went. get that you know it makes sense you know that's that's uh you know a to b right there yeah uh little clown men and women do you love cheese and eating cheese follow us on anachronismo <laughs> yay where we're we're gonna Officially changed to just talking about cheese. That's all we talk about now. An- all, nope, only anachronismo is what we call it. Now. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. I'm just imagining the little, oh my gosh, the mosquitoes mm-hmm. with their little cheese breath. Mm-hmm. Aww. Going in for a little drinky kiss mm-hmm. and people just being like, ugh. Oh, ugh. And you splat it and there just leaves a little spot of cheese on you. Ugh. Yeah. It's like you're extra disgusted yeah. by mosquitoes because mm-hmm. not only are they hurting you and yeah. being itchy, but they also smell like. Foot cheese. So, so, well, one of the things that I should clarify is that they are attracted to the cheese because it has a more pungent smell than the feet, but they're not oh, but they actually. Don't eat it. I don't think they. I I'd have to I choose more, to believe they I, try I, and I eat it. I don't think they are. What's the phrase? Getting blood from a stone. They're trying yeah, to get blood, blood from, from a cheese wheel. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the proteins in the cheese are usable in their kind of. Their breeding patterns, but I would assume it's just because it smells more. And they're like, damn, these feet are stinky. 
well, we've just about run out of energy on this. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time here on Anachronismo. I thought we were cheese now. You're right. You're right. right, right. Anachronismo. Did you know Ben Franklin was made of cheese? I did know, know that. that. See? Wow, Jackie. Teaching people history. <laughs> Your ignorance is showing. <laughs> Why do you think he was flying that kite with a key? So he could make himself no. into... <laughs> just cut it off. So there's no... No answer. Wait, yeah. Can I do that yeah. one? Grill cut it off there. cheese. Uh, why do you think he flew that kite uh, with a key on it? Oh, I know. <laughs> because... Brought to you by Make Fun Network. <laughs> <laughs>